Good morning, everybody. My name is Bates, and it is my privilege to share the Word of God this morning. Um, we're going to start out with a bit of fun, and I'm going to ask Alex for you to join me up front here. Um, for those who enjoy a little demonstration or a little illustration, here goes one. And uh, I'm going to do it in a moment first. So you're just going to taunt you. You're going to stand here and just look pretty. <laughs> so we're going to be continuing our Look Up series this morning. And I really uh, want to preach as we come and land uh, this year around rest specifically. I don't know about you, but it's been a pretty long year. And I know for me, I am keen to get some proper, proper rest and time off. So love to just, from God's word, share a little bit around how we find rest. Where do we find rest and how do we do that? But before we do that, uh, my friend Alexia is going to demonstrate what some of our years might have looked like. Um, so what I need you to do, bro, is you're going to run around all the chairs and then back to me. No, 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 just inside, just inside. Okay, so this is what Alex's year has looked like, metaphorically. Not this Alex, another Alex, but he's our demonstration. Okay, Alex starts off January and he's running. He's feeling good. No, you've got to go faster than that, bro. January, you're running quick. Ready to take on the new year. There we go. Amazing. He gets to February. Still running, but work's picked up a bit. <laughs> but he's still doing well. Suddenly he's working slightly longer hours there at the cellar. Yeah, yeah. Pushing, crunching those grapes. And then he gets to March, and it's tough. Um, it's tough. <laughs> no, keep going, bro. The year's still going. He wants to stop, because quite tragically, actually, one of his family members passed away, so March was actually really tough, but he still keeps going. Well done, well done, Alex. This is not the real Alex, right? It's a metaphorical Alex. And then he gets to April, he's still going, and <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> and because of corona, he gets a salary cut, so it's really tough, but he's still going. And so he thinks, let me work harder, maybe they'll give me an increase if I um, can make extra bottles of wine and sell them. And uh, then he gets to uh, May. You've got to go fast, bro. Come on. <laughs> He's hoping the year will come quicker. I don't know if any of you are feeling this. This is getting, the year's getting long. Eh? He's only had May. But by May, Alex, is, he's had a bit of an illness. So he struggled in bed after getting corona. But he's still good. And he's been isolating. And he's keeping going. <laughs> June's a much better month, though. So he runs much faster. <laughs> he's feeling a bit more energized. And then, um, and then the year really starts getting long. But I'm going to spare Alex. I think you guys get the, the idea here. Carries on throughout the year, running and running and running. Go grab a seat. And I'm just wondering, like, Alex, <laughs> bro, that's seriously unfit. I thought you worked hard in the setup, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think you get the idea. It's been a long year um, for many of us. And that was halfway through, right? Um, and I think each of us feel in different ways. Stuff's happened, life happens, and we get tired, and we get weary, and we actually need some proper rest. Um, and so my question this morning is, where do you find yourself this morning? What's this year been like as we come really to the end of a year? Has it been long, and are you feeling tired? Or, or maybe you're feeling energized. Maybe something's really happened, and, and you're feeling like, gee, man, I wish I had another five months, because I just want this year to go longer. I suspect that's about a quarter percent of the room. <laughs> but for most of us, I think we're ready for some downtime and some rest. 
Just a little disclaimer here, if you've been with us for a while, three years ago I preached a similar sermon to this on the same text, so some of you will remember it, and I hope it's uh, helpful reminders, Um, but for the rest of you, um, yeah, I hope this morning is helpful. So the question this morning is, do you genuinely feel like you need rest? As we sit here this morning, are you feeling tired and weary, like stuff's bothering you, getting you down, and you actually just want to uh, kind of take some proper time aside to rest? Fortunately, there's this guy called Matthew, and he walked with Jesus for many years, and the beautiful thing is that he wrote a lot of the stuff down that Jesus actually did when he was on earth. And so, beautifully, he records this uh, section in Matthew where Jesus is praying out loud, and then he, uh, he talks to some people, and it actually gives us wonderful instruction on where and how to find rest, the, the deep rest that we need, right? Not just like an hour in front of Netflix, and then we actually feel distracted and less rested <laughs> than before, but how to find that deep rest that we all truly seek. So, um, just before we dive into Matthew, you can turn there if you'd like to, Matthew 11, and verse 25, it will also be on the screen, so if you don't have a Bible, no worries. There's this lovely little story that John, John Stott uh, shares. He's a, this kind of a well-known Christian preacher guy and wrote a lot of incredible Christian literature. And he writes this wonderful story, and I'm just going to read it quickly. Um, he says, A couple uh, found political asylum in America during the Second World War. They came from Eastern and Central Europe, and as they were not well-versed in American culture... One day they received an invitation to a wedding, and at the bottom of the invitation were those cryptic letters RSVP. In his thick Eastern European accent, the husband said, Wife, what does it mean, RSVP? So they thought for a while until inspiration dawned, and the husband said, Wife, I know what it means. Remember, send wedding presents. Clearly you misinterpreted what that really means, right? And I think sometimes we do that too when it comes to Christ and the gospel. We see an invitation as a demand on us, as a send wedding presents, not come and join us. You're invited to celebrate our wedding. And I think sometimes we see this wonderful invitation, which we're going to read about in a moment, as more of a demand than this incredible free offering of invitation of come to me. On that note, uh, just a huge congratulations. They're not here this morning, not surprisingly. Les and Tess tied the knot yesterday, so can we give them a little clap in their absence? Just a wonderful evening celebration and, um, yeah, a beautiful time together. Okay, Matthew 11, we are going to read from verse 25 to 30. At this time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. 27, all things have been committed to me by my Father. This is Jesus speaking. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then in verse 28, the beautiful invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And listen to this, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What an incredible invitation. I don't know if you ever thought about it, but how did Matthew know what Jesus was praying? 
He couldn't read what he was saying. Right? That meant Jesus was praying out loud, and he did that deliberately because those who were surrounding him in that time particularly were trying to find their rest in other things. And these particular individuals were trying to find their rest for their souls in ticking the legal boxes. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And they were the religious leaders of the time. And so Jesus prays out loud, almost a bit of a rebuke, and says, no, 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 this is where you find rest is in me. It's not in your ticking and what you can do. You come to a person, not to a list of to-dos or not to a place, but you come to a person to find rest. And he then issues this incredible invitation. So verse 25, I want to say two quick things. I'm not going to be long this morning. We'll be done by 11 in case you're checking your watch. Um, But (laughs) I want to say two quick things. Uh, Verse 25 to verse 26. Jesus gives this wonderful kind of two prerequisites um, to receiving this invitation, to actually being able to embrace this come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened. He says, the first thing he says is that Jesus or God is revealed to the humble. There's two kinds of people, right, that Jesus is revealed to. Well, there's one kind of person, sorry, the humble, but he juxtaposes it here. He says the wise and learned, they don't see God. The little children, he reveals himself to them. And remember, Jesus is praying out loud. And those who were around him were those who considered themselves wise and learned. We're like, we're the main dudes. And yet they miss Jesus. He says, no, I'm revealed to the little children. What do little children bring? Crying, nappies, no sleep, all those good things, right? They don't bring anything of value. And Jesus says, those are the kind of people I love. Those who have nothing to offer me, not their brains, not their money, nothing, who just come as they are. And so Jesus issues that first uh, little caveat for us. Come to him humbly like little children. Jesus reveals himself to those who are like little children, humble, know they have nothing to bring and just want to come and trust in their father. And then secondly, uh, and this is the beautiful thing about the scriptures, it kind of always gives us wonderful, the work of God and kind of a little bit of the responsibility of man. The work of God and a bit of the responsibility of man. So he just said, we, those who are humble, God will be revealed to them. And then he says, in verse 27, he says, all things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father. And no one knows the father except the son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. What's he trying to say there? He's saying to these guys, I am God. I am the Son of God. I am God. And so you come humbly before me, but I meet you where you're at. I give you the rest. I am the one who actually does the work. All you do, you just come with a humble heart, a simple posture, and I will do all the rest. He's revealing himself to the people saying, I am Jesus. And so these are just two quick prerequisites before we get to the invitation. God reveals himself to the humble, the little children, and he revealed, and God is only truly revealed in fullness through Jesus. Only revealed in fullness through Jesus. We see touches of him in crea- creation, the beauty of creation, some wonderful music and these wonderful arts. It's like you get a sense of God and in many other ways, but those are just like glimpses. God is fully revealed for all that he is in the person of Jesus. So then we get to the invite. We come humbly to God, who is the one Jesus Christ. Then we get to verse 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, contextually, this is just such a beautiful verse. 
because the guy who's writing this, Matthew, is the most least likely of individuals to be have, for someone to say, come to me. He was a tax collector, and he was a Jew working for the Romans. The Romans in the time were like the enemies of the Jews. The Jews hated them. And so this oak basically stole money because he was a tax collector, and he worked for the enemy. So he stole money for the enemy. People hated him. So when Matthew writes this, it's deeply personal for him. Because Jesus said to him, come to me. You despised one. The one who everyone hates, who pushes aside. Come to me and you will find rest for your burdened and weary soul. And so Matthew himself writes out of a deep place of revelation of what it means to find true rest when you've been pushed aside and cast out. Now the wonderful thing with an invitation is the joy of an invitation is not really, well, it's sometimes nice if you get invited to a nice place, I suppose. But the joy of an invitation is to come and be with the one who has invited you. The joy of the invitation is to go and be with the person, the people. It's not really like, the experience is nice too, and the venue and all these things. But what really matters is the invitation to be with a person, an individual. So my wife and I are going away for our 10-year wedding anniversary. You made it, guys. It's unbelievable. Amazing. The grace of God revealed. <laughs> We're going away um, in about a few days' time. And the wonderful thing is, I don't really care much where we go. I just want to go and be with my wife wherever we go with some alone time, which is a special time. And that's the beauty of an invitation. And this is what Jesus issues to every single one of us as we sit here. He says, come and be with me. And the incredible thing is, he's not just any guy. He's not just some dude. Like, he's got infinite resources. He's got everything that we need. He is love himself. And he says, come and be with me. And this is not just issued to the disciples. It's issued to us today. Primarily, he's speaking about coming to God and being reunited to God, salvation, being made new, becoming a child of God. But it's an ongoing issue to say, come and find your place with me. Come and find your identity with me. Come and find your joy with me. That's what he's saying ongoingly, ongoingly to each one of us. And so I think you can see where I'm going uh, this morning. The wonderful thing about this invitation is that the qualification bar is seriously low. <laughs> like every single one of us qualifies to say yes to this invitation. It's like, are you weary and burdened? I mean, it's not hard to be weary and burdened. Like every one of us qualifies. We don't have to be special just like little children. And we can come and accept and receive this wonderful invitation to be with Jesus. Jonathan Edwards, a famous old American preacher, he said this, and it's, it's well known in Christian circles. He says, you contribute nothing to your salvation except the sin that made it necessary. And this is just so echoed in this, this what Jesus is saying here. Just come as you are, just with your sin, and I will save you, and I'll make you new, and I'll go on saving you, sanctifying you, making you new until I return one day. So it's this incredible promise that Jesus says. He says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Not maybe, not if you act nicely, not if you only come for 10 minutes or 15. Come to me, and I will give you rest. So it's a bit crazy that, I don't know about you, but I don't do this all that often. <laughs> like, I don't come and find rest in Jesus. I go and find all sorts of other things, try and prop up my tiredness or my frustratedness or whatever, you know, and, and they never, ever work. But doff, I don't know about you, <laughs> just like, come on, every time I just come to the Lord, come to Jesus, whether it's in prayer or in a time of reading the Bible, or just being quiet, like we did in singing this morning, so beautiful, just being quiet, saying nothing and listening, 
always find rejuvenated spirit, like my soul, something happens. And that's because God's, Jesus has promised it to us. So the question is, how can Jesus issue this invitation? How can he make this ask to us? How can he say, come to me and you will find rest? And it's because Jesus experienced the ultimate weariness and exertion in himself. The difference between Christianity and every other faith group is that their God, he knows us full well. And he died on our behalf and rose again. And that's Jesus. He died. He's experienced the worst exertion, the worst tiredness. Jesus knows it like he's experienced it himself. And what a joy that he can fully empathize with every single emotion, feeling, pain that we're experiencing. And so he can truly give us rest. He bore the weight of the world's sin, of our sin, upon his shoulders. When Jesus went to the cross, it wasn't fun and games, eh? <laughs> I don't know if you've watched The Passion recently again, but it was brutal. The most insane, not, and that was just physical suffering that we see. What was going on in the spiritual realm is like beyond our imagination. Like hectic, hectic pain and suffering and exertion and tiredness and burden. And he bore it all for us. So he gets us, guys. As we come to the end of this year, maybe feeling quite burdened, quite tired, maybe wondering what next year is going to hold. Jesus gets us. He gets you. He gets me. And he says, come to me and you will find rest for your weary souls. And then on to verse 29, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Verse 34, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So the wonderful thing is, after this invitation that Jesus gives us, and the promise to give us rest, he doesn't just kind of do that and then say, good luck, go on your merry way. Because <laughs> it would be really cool if you come to Jesus, you're with him, you find rest, then what? Then what? You come again, cool, then you find rest, then what? That would be pretty cruel, right, if that's all he offered. But he doesn't. He goes on in verse 29, and um, he gives us the way to then live. He says, yoke yourself to me. Now, what is a yoke? It's the yellow part inside an egg, but it's not what he's talking about here. <laughs> Can you put up that image? So this is a really helpful image. And I remember when I saw it for the first time, that wooden thing there, right, that's the yoke, this guy here. And those are two oxen being yoked together. And the way they uh, yoke oxen together in, in kind of agricultural times, and they do still do this in parts of the world. Um, as you can see, this is a modern image. That makes sense. <laughs> They'll usually put an experienced, well-trodden ox next to an inexperienced, not well-broken-in um, um, ox. And you can kind of see that image displayed there. And actually, all the weight of the burden is on the big ox. The little ox actually dr carries nothing because of the nature of how the, the yoke is made. He's just following the big ox and learning how to walk and learning how to pull the, um, what's the thing called? The plow, the plow. Um, and so this is incredible imagery that in the agricultural times where Jesus was saying this, these guys would have got this immediately, what a yoke is. And so when I saw this image, I was like, that makes sense what he's saying. Here. Yoke yourself to me. Because you know what we do? We go and we yoke ourselves to many other things. We yoke ourselves to our ambitions, to our jobs, to our children, to our futures, to our hopes, to so many things. And the trouble is, when we do that, 
They don't help us. <laughs> They're not like an ox. In fact, it's just vanity. It's emptiness. It's nothing. We're going to carry that thing all on our own, day after day. The only one who can come alongside us and actually take the weight of the burden is Jesus. He is the only one who can do that. Yet we find ourselves <laughs> yoking ourselves to many other things day after day. And that's why they make us tired and weary. Because we're trying to find what we can only find in Jesus in other things. And I'm speaking to myself here, guys. I'm speaking to myself here this morning. And so when Jesus was preaching this, he was preaching it to a bunch of religious leaders. And they would have understood this yoking concept very well as well. Because what would happen is in those times, there'd be these rabbis. And they were like very astute in the law. They understood every single little thing. And then guys, uh, younger guys would almost come and yoke themselves to this rabbi and follow him everywhere. And be subject to him. Learn from him. Follow his ways. And so this is a very relevant example in the context of what Jesus preached, but to us equally as much. Let's yoke ourselves to the master, the king, the one who made us and knows us and shows us and directs us and will walk with us on how to truly live. So don't just come to me and find rest. Walk with me day by day. I will direct you. I will guide you. I will be with you step by step. I won't even just do that. I will carry the weight of the burden of life on my shoulders, so that you can have joy and freedom and life. Just so, so beautiful. Jesus, bearing our yoke. His, his yoke is easy and his burden is light to carry. His burden is light to carry. And then one more beautiful truth is that Jesus doesn't just say, come alongside me and I'll carry your yoke. He actually so it's not just like side by side. He actually comes and lives within us. And so he actually gives us the power and the strength to continue on. Not just to hold on to him and cling for dear life, but actually to be able to walk side by side with him, strengthened and empowered by him to live lives of impact, to live significant lives, to not just survive and hold on, but actually to thrive and to be those who are influencers and those who can love and live and bless beyond ourselves but only because we're yoked to Jesus and he gives us rest and he empowers us for every next step. And so it's amazing when, when we come to Jesus, he first kind of eases our yoke. He removes those yokes, those things, those things we've been attaching ourselves to and he puts his yoke upon us. He doesn't just lift our burden, but he places his burden on us. But his burden is not heavy, it's light. And it's easy to carry. And so there are two inv- these two invitations that Jesus gives this morning belong beautifully together. He says, come to me and find rest. And then he says, and take my yoke upon you. For it is light and easy to carry. It's, it, it's, I will carry your burdens as you walk alongside me. And so these are very much hand in hand. And we should want them to be, Right? We shouldn't, we, we shouldn't only want Jesus to say, come to me and find rest. Because then we wander off on our own and we mess it all up again. And then we're like struggling again. But he says, no, come to me and then walk with me. Come to me and then walk with me. It's just wonderful. And you see that throughout the scriptures. Coming and journeying with Jesus. And so this is the, 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 the invitation issued to each one of us as we come to the end of this year. Actually, it's issued to us every day. 
But especially as we come to the end of the year where I know for most of us there's that highlighted sense of, of tired, fatigued, exhausted, ready for a rest. He says, come to me, take my yoke upon you, and I will give you rest. And so the challenge from all this scripture, these are beautiful truths. These are wonderful things that as a Christ follower, someone who has pledged allegiance to Jesus, said yes to his saving work in your life, you can experience these privileges every single day. And so my question to us is, how will we enter 2022? 2021, almost behind us, but how will we enter 2022? Rested, rejuvenated, ready to go? Or will we kind of come in limping <laughs> and tired and empty, just finding endless distractions to keep us from actually finding the place where we find true rest? I'm challenging myself this morning. I'm challenging each one of you. Guys, we've got a few days until the start of 2022. What are we going to do with those days? I want to encourage you, come to Jesus day by day. Sharon and Stephen were preaching on this the other day. He is our home. He is our dwelling place. He is the one who is our safety, our shelter. And he is the one who gives true rest to those who will come and find it in him. It's been quite a year. <laughs> and I know for many of us, it's probably been one of our toughest years. Come to him and find rest for your souls. That deep rest that we all truly desire. So my challenge again is to make meaningful time in this break to connect with Jesus in whatever way that looks like for you, whether it's singing, whether it's in the Bible, prayer, walking in the mountains, whatever it is, make meaningful time to connect and find rest for your souls. Can we stand together this morning as we're going to close? You're invited this morning. Each one of us is invited. This is an invitation, remember, not a command. Jesus is saying, come to me and find rest for your burdened and weary souls. Come under my leadership, under my yoke. Come and lay your burdens at the foot of the empty cross and take my yoke upon you. Come to me, Jesus is saying. I'm where you'll find true rest. Can we close our eyes and just repeat after me on your breath? And I'll pray together and then we'll go and take communion. Jesus, I come to you. I take your yoke upon me. I want to learn from you. Thank you that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Thank you that you give me rest for my weary soul. Amen.